Gender identity. The world has a completely different viewpoint about gender identity. Sometimes it's such a difficult topic to talk about with our children. Denise Sheik is author of My Daddy's Secret, four children's books, along several others. She's a speaker on transgenderism and topics of faith and forgiveness. Denise is the founder and director of Help for Families. Denise's ministry compassionately reaches out to those affected by transgenderism and works diligently to help the church understand the emotional and spiritual confusion many families and struggles face. Welcome to the Gems of Motherhood, Denise. It's so great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for the invitation. You're welcome. Well, Denise, this is such a hot topic these days as we were talking prior to recording, um, especially in today's confused in today's confusing world. Why do you think it's important for moms and parents to be aware of the issue? And what do you think the society is teaching our children? Well, you know, in simpler times, uh, parents generally would only have to worry if uh, a girl of a family that they knew came home pregnant or, or something of that nature had occurred. But today we have become immersed in the transgender movement. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact is, is that the talk with their children uh, in the beginning of what it is like for a man and a woman to meet, to grow, to love one another, you know, to get married has become much more complicated in today's world. But these are not simple times. Mm-hmm. And in today's culture, some women are men and some men go by being a woman. Right. So the normal hardworking Joe and Mary, I say, the busy parents are just trying to raise their children in a godly home and in a rightful way, but yet they're being faced, the children themselves are being faced in the challenges in the difficult world. Children need a safe place to discuss the LGBT issues and to ask questions that they have on any of the topics, you know, in regards to gender. It's so important for our children in our homes to find a safe place mm-hmm. to be able to be comfortable, to be able to share their concerns, their questions, or what they're going through, or what they're hearing or experiencing in school. Right. Now, you said two things that broke me. One, you said it was a movement, which is kind of really true because I never really thought about it as a movement, but movement is so much more different from people just being confused. It's just like, it's more so of people are doing it because it's cool, because it's a movement. I want to be part of this. And two, you mentioned that parents are so busy just raising kids and that we need a safe place to talk to our kids about it. Now, being that you mentioned that transgenderism movement and I mean, like these days, kids are learning about transgenderism, homosexuality in kindergarten. How old? Like that's too young for a kid to even know about that. And and that's just really ridiculous for even for um, kids to have story time with a transgender or have them talking about those issues. Now, as a parent, how would you suggest in when, I mean, no time is the right time, really. And since they've already started infiltrating kids at the age of five, how would you even suggest for parents to speak to their children about it? 
You know, I think in the environment, of course, when possible, that there's mom and dad, whatever parents, whoever the parents are in the home, that they mm-hmm. would be present one or both uh, possible. And, and first to talk about the, the discussion of God creating man and woman in his plan, his plan for having the two genders, you know, so that's more of a basic way to introduce. And as we're introducing God's plan, we also uh, share with our children that we live in a fallen world. And in that comes confusion. And there is confusion in the world. Obviously, we want to use age appropriate language, like you were saying with a five-year-old, you know, versus somebody that, that's 10 or 12 or 15 years old uh, with this. But to use an age appropriate language with them, um, you know, and so important for the parent to become educated about this. As we said, it's a movement. So, you know, for the parent to understand uh, 18 years ago, when I started this line of work, hardly anybody talked about this. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and yet today we have the Dry Queen Library Hours. We have um, elementary preschool uh, books that are addressing and promoting uh, this ideology. Uh, you know, the TV shows. Uh, I, I don't have regular TV, but I hear about it from other people of what's on. So it's all around them. If the parent becomes educated and understands, and it comes from a, from a biblical standpoint, it's simple or age appropriate that they are able to explain this. Mm. Um, also, you know, I would like to suggest to the parents out there, there's a, a marvelous movie that does address this from a Christian perspective. And so if their child is older, preteen or teenage, they may be interested in Googling in his image that was released by American Family Studio okay. uh, just not even a year ago. And so that's available free online mm. and it addresses it from a biblical perspective. So that might help as well to give tools. I would also say to the parents, don't become overwhelmed. Don't feel uh, like you can't do this. Yeah. Because you can, again, provide that safe environment in the home. And yeah, I mean, I could go on and on with, with right. that. It's so important the child's comfortable with their parents yeah. to address these issues. Right. Now, how can we help our children who are confused with gender identity? Yeah. So, you know, whether that, that means whether it's your child or somebody from your church or somebody in your neighborhood that comes over to visit your child, uh, to remember that when possible to, and I say when possible because of the children outside of the home, but to help that child grow up confident in their gender. And we can do that by the remarks, by how we communicate with the child. You are investing in the child's life. Uh, continuing to build in their emotional back. Now, when somebody says a negative remark to a child, oh, you're a sissy, or oh, look, you you can't do that. Do you realize it takes 10 times more positive remarks to remove that negative that they've Mm -hmm. received? So it's a lot of work to invest in a child's emotional bank. Mm -hmm. Practice attentive, not to be too busy for your children, but to spend the quality time with them, the more that you invest in your children, the greater the return will be. If you know or experiencing having a child that's gender confused in your home, to affirm the child in their born gender, praise them for the qualities that you notice and how God's made them. Or if it's a little boy and he's not 
feeling real secure to say, wow, you did a great job at that, honey, Mm -hmm. to encourage them and to encourage as well parent and and mentor friends, the same sex uh, relationships so that they are, if they're uncomfortable, if this is a girl that's uncomfortable with being with girls, um, it is being promoted in a positive way. (laughs) Excuse me. Um, and to promote the environment where the child feels loved and encouraged, especially by the same sex parent. Mm-hmm. And uh, if there's, again, not to make fun of the child, if they're experiencing that, be very careful on the remarks. Yeah. Honestly, so many times I've heard from individuals where those words have stuck with them for life. Yeah. If the child is dressing or acting like the opposite gender, I had to go back to affirming them in who God and what God created them. Practice mm. your listening skills above all, because you right. will step on cues if this is something that's going on. Yes, amen. Now, can you help us understand the worldview that lies behind the huge cultural shifts we're experiencing and how this is affecting children and parents? Yeah, the world tells us that people are born in the wrong body because of how one feels. So well, going- nowadays, they're saying that you can't even tell if, if it's a girl or a boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> exactly. So we've moved away from science, away from biological fact and gone with we'll wait until this child's older and tells us who they are, which again is going to go sometimes with the feelings that they feel about themselves. The promotion of transgenderism occurs anywhere from preschool all the way up through college. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, is that we are sending our children or our grandchildren uh, into the institutions that are promoting this very ideology that is going on. Parents are sometimes unaware that their child is actually has actually taken on another identity at school. Uh, through the school protecting this information and not allowing the parents to know. So they're blocking the information to the parents of what is really happening. So parents are really experiencing an all-time high of realizing that they've lost parental rights when it occurs to transgenderism. Uh, Children are living in a gender-confused world that creates Mm -hmm. a child that second-guesses who they are and makes them insecure in who they are. Yeah, that's pretty sad. Now, I mean, you know, we talked a little bit about the school earlier, and the school system is filling our children's minds with all kinds of toxic and false truth, right? They're being thought that their bodies are irrelevant, like what we just kind of spoke about. And how can we help our children understand and not feel pressure to follow what society think it's right to follow this movement. Yeah, well, um, again, I think this begins in our home uh, to be able to bring these discussions into the home uh, to that trustworthy uh, level and comfortableness with our children to also help our children to learn and to know to be compassionate towards those that do feel awkward and remind them of the fallen world that we live in. And that sometimes people just look for other ways uh, to satisfy hunger in their soul, in a sense, a hunger in their heart. And while others have been hurt psychologically, physically, emotionally, they are looking for ways to relieve that pain and sometimes escaping, you know, as a fantasy, becoming somebody else. Uh, the person believes that they will be leaving the pain behind them. Mm. Uh, and so I think that it also helps to bring more truth, again, age appropriate yeah. uh, to the issue and what's really going on with a person 
we we want them to be compassionate because right. honestly so much pain in somebody that's looking to escape an identity right. that it's unreal. Right. I totally agree with having compassion and love people who are having the gender identity issues. I mean, just love people in general, but obviously a little bit more in that area um, because obviously something is missing in your life, right? But what would you advise for a parent who, you know, maybe one day their daughter or their son comes home with a friend who is gender confused, what would you advise for the parent to do? And and what if that friend turns out to be their best friend? Yeah. And that happens, you know, right. like te- especially preteen teenagers, they're very confused about this. So if your child brings home somebody that's identifying or, or living a different identity in this way, um, obviously, I, uh, I would hope that the child would let give you a heads up to what's happening to help prepare you for this because sometimes that can take you by surprise mm-hmm. if you have not been around this type of environment um, to first of all to extend a friendliness a welcomeness that your home is is there you know just as it is for any other friend um, if it's inviting them for dinner I realize this might make you feel uncomfortable um, but we're trying to extend the hand of Jesus to them. Amen. Uh, and so that's so important. Uh, I would suggest, you know, as you would come to know this child, or even on the first visit, if they're good in math, if there's if they're a musician, whatever gifts that God has really given them, to praise them for that, to build them up. Because again, you're building in that child's emotional bank. Mm-hmm. And you're filling a void when they are looking for to feel value when they feel no value at all. Mm-hmm. So to affirm, to create uh, relationships. So if this is a, a teenage boy that brings home, you know, another uh, boy that is uh, as a woman, possibly the father of the friend or the father of the home that he is going into, you know, might be feel comfortable and open just to um, to to talk with to begin to have a relationship with. It's so important for children of all ages or even adults that are male that they connect with the same sex adult as well. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've heard from grown men that have said, I've just wanted a hug from my dad. Mm-hmm. You know, they wanted that relationship. Mm-hmm. And so that itself can help the void that the child may be experiencing. Right. Uh, another thing just to know about is that Helper Families have started a children's series addressing these issues. Mm. And uh, we are working on two more right now. We have four of them available. One is called I'm Glad God Made Me a Girl, which addresses a young girl that comes home and finds out that her friend has cut her hair and wants to be a boy, mm. as well as the boy that like parties who like to dress up and his girlfriend's clothes have on the jewelry and such and so how do we approach these stories is in a god godly way with godly tools but showing characters and stories to help the children connect yeah yeah that's great now you have a really interesting story some of our listeners may not necessarily know it could you share a little bit of your story Sure. When I was nine years old, my father had come outside to share with me this particular summer day 
they just came in the kitchen actually and just said, Denise, can you come out? Uh, there's something I want to tell you. And so when I went outside and we sat down, it just seemed like seconds when he had shared with me and said, I want to become a woman. And so as a nine-year-old girl, uh, and of course, back then, I didn't know anything about this. Mm. And I just thought, why is he telling me? Understanding that this is more of an adult issue. And I was not prepared. I, I, I thought, that's that's problem. Uh, this doesn't affect me. But sadly, I, I realized in the very near future of how much it would impact me. Mm-hmm. Immediately felt the loss of a dad, mm-hmm. the loss of dreams, you know, of my dad actually giving me away at my wedding. What would that? And then by 11, 12 years old, I started to second guess who I was. Mm. Because if God made a mistake, you see, we start to question and get confused in this. Then how did I know I was really supposed to be a woman? Maybe you were supposed to be a, a man. Mm-hmm. And, and so for my dad's confusion, it, it kind of flowed right over into creating some further chaos that really led me to saving lunch money, to purchase alcohol, just looking for ways to escape mm-hmm. what I was going through. I was looking to escape as my dad was, only I chose other methods. Mm. in the sense. And so it was a very difficult childhood. I didn't understand why my mom couldn't go to our priest. And as a young adult, I couldn't understand why we couldn't go to our pastor with this. Yeah. But most of us families really hide in shame and embarrassment. We don't know who to trust. Right. Thank you for sharing your story. Now, I'm sure there are also other children out there who are affected by your dad who wants to be a woman. How would you recommend for moms or the single mother now to raise their child so that they don't live in this in the confused situation that a dad had caused? Yeah, so it's so important for moms to, again, here we go back to the environment in the home, mm-hmm. create a safe place for that child to talk about what they're feeling, what they're experiencing, what their questions are in regards to what dad's doing, the changes that are occurring, especially if the dad has visitation rights. Do you think that dad should have visitation rights? Would that cause more confusion to the child? Yeah, it it definitely creates from those that I hear from, it does create more confusion and more pain that the child endures during Mm -hmm. time. But in a sense, the dads have a right because they're the parent or so that the courts see this a lot differently today, again, than what what they had years ago when it was actually recognized as a uh, mental disorder. Mm-hmm. And dysphoria. And here we are in full acceptance of this. Mm-hmm. I actually wrote a children's book called When Daddy Leaves to Be a Girl to help parents in that situation or grandparents. And that request came from many, many that said, there's nothing out there to help my child deal with the feeling that they are coping with. But to just have a safe environment, somewhere where they're comfortable, where they can just share, where they can cry. If it's just they have to cry and that you're just there to support them emotionally. That's really what they need. Yeah. Um, if it's if they have a son, I really advise them, uh, if possible, if there is a male family member, they can come alongside and kind of take that place of dad. Mm-hmm. It's not possible just to be another male that he's learning to have that relationship with, to relate with, and where another male can feed into his life in positive way. Uh, and the same thing goes for young girls. You know, mm-hmm. when I. Uh, meet girls where their mothers are transitioning and I speak with their dads, you know, for them to have the same offering in the female role as well. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Now you mentioned also back in the day it was hard because you couldn't share with your pastor, and it's all because of shame and just being transparent. Now, do you think that the church is doing its part now to help children and parents who may be going through、uh, a season of confusion? I think the churches have come a ways, obviously, from where they were years back. I think that the topic. Anything that's LGBT is so sensitive and difficult topic for them to navigate through、um, that maybe sometimes fear enters.、Mm-hmm. You know, but there are churches. There are more churches than what there were even 18 years ago when I started this line of work that are trying to learn that have been learning for 18 years behind the scenes where I've had meetings with pastors with their leaders. And helping them understand more about the hurricane, the the issue itself of our loved one,、mm-hmm. of what would create somebody to want to lead their life, as well as the circumstances that the families endure,、mm-hmm. and you know the emotional pain. I mean, the emotional pain that family members go through is is tremendous. We hear about suicidal rates of the individual that identifies as transgender. Mm-hmm. But nobody talks about the family members that attempt or consider suicide as a way out because of the distress, the level of emotional pain that they are in.、Mm-hmm. So the pain is great, and it affects everybody differently.、Mm-hmm. But yes, I'm very encouraged every time that I get a call from a church. I thank them for having、yeah. to pick up that phone and to give me a call. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think need to talk about this topic. The church needs to talk about this topic even more openly, so that parents are aware. But、uh, what are some actionable tips which you suggest to moms on talking about the topic of gender identity with their children? I mean, schools speak so freely about it. What are some tips which you suggest for moms to talk about? Well, I think one of the tools that they might be able to use in regards to gender, because in the schools, boy wants to be a girl, and then he's trying out for the track team, or as far as this has gone、uh, with male to females in the schools, and or to address first of all, again, affirming your child who and what God has given them to build them up, and then to address this. As I keep saying, the age appropriateness of gender, but let's build up your child. So find the gifts, the talents that your child has, the interests. If they're interested in something that you're not, please get interested in that topic and what they want to do. I raised、um, four children, and two of them were girls.、Uh, my one daughter was very interested in dance all through kindergarten through high school graduation. She was in dance. Our youngest daughter. Attempted three months of dance, and she had said to me, "Mom, I am not a girly girl like my sister."、Mm-hmm. Her interest was fixing cars, going out and practice shooting with dad. It was more of things that somebody would have said, "Oh, you must be a boy," you know, because mm-hmm, of the gap.、Mm-hmm. But that just because she was interested in that did not make her a male. Mm-hmm. It just was where her giftedness was. So、right. I learned to ask her questions of that and build her up in that. So build your children up through the giftedness that they have,、mm-hmm. through all that you see in them. I think I just think that it just goes back to so much of our children knowing that they are appreciated by us as parents, how specially made they are,、mm-hmm. and, and all of what God has given them the abilities to do. Some are tremendous thinkers. Yeah. 
wow, man, that's wonderful. Do you realize, you know, when, when it comes to occupations with thinkers, did you think about doing this or this? Does anything like that apply mm-hmm. uh, to your interests? So it's feeding into our children time and time again. Yeah, yeah. It's really having to be very, very intentional about what we talk to them, how we spend our time with them. Now we're, I mean, we're pretty much almost at the end of the show. I can talk to you all day about this topic because you have so much gem nuggets to share with us, but um, is there anything else that you would like to share with other gems of mothers out there? Now, I just would like to share with you, don't be afraid, don't be fearful of this topic. Please Mm -hmm. talk with your children about it because it is the safest place for them to hear the information and to know that God is always faithful. He will always be there to give you the right words as you address these type of topics. I encourage you to use a heart that represents God well so that your child doesn't hear judgmental or harshness towards those that identify as LGBTQ because sometimes that comes back to bite you. Mm -hmm. So please use the heart of God. As a mom and as a Christian, we can't go wrong when we represent God well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so good. Thank you, Denise. It was really awesome to have you on the show to talk about this topic. Just such a needed topic. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. God bless. God bless you. Now, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Gems of Motherhood podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more amazing Gems of Mothers and more resources, head over to gemsofmotherhood.com where you can subscribe to the show. That's where you'll find show notes with actionable tips and any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I will hope you will find inspiration and learn to cultivate your own journey. You are loved. You're an incredible gem to God. He knows you intimately. He knows what you're going through and he knows what you need. Remember, you are fearfully and wonderfully made in him. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode.